Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Good morning and welcome to your Partner in Success Radio, where top performers share their secrets to help you achieve your personal and your professional goals. I am your host, Denise Griffiths, and together with my amazing guests, we bring you inspiring and actionable insights to take your life and your business to the next level. And ranked in the top 2% globally, this podcast really is a must listen. And again, it's because of my guests. So whether you're tuning in for entrepreneurial tips, career advice, or personal development strategies, Get ready to turn inspiration into action, challenges into triumphs, and dreams into reality. And our topic today with my guest, Aaron Walker, is unlocking greatness, how community connection transforms lives from ordinary to extraordinary. Living a life of success goes beyond mere accomplishments or material possessions. It's about making a meaningful impact, leaving a positive legacy, and finding fulfillment in every aspect of your life. It's about aligning your actions with your values and purpose and striving to make a difference in the life of others. Good morning, Aaron. It has been a long time since you were here last. Yes, it has been, you know, I I think maybe six, seven, eight years. I don't know. It's been a long time though, but thank you for having me back, Denise. Well, as we were chatting in the the green room, and I think it was 2015, I found my show notes from way back then, but the conversation that we had at that time left a a lasting impact for me. I remembered it even being that long ago and I follow you online. So, you know, I have a pretty fair idea of what you're doing and what you offer. And I would love for you to tell our audience what it is that you're doing, how you do what you do and why. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most important question, the why, but, uh, We'll give you just a little bit of context, just for those that maybe don't follow me or don't know me or haven't heard me on a podcast before, uh, live in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, 63 years, you know, it's, I look back and think, man, time really, really goes by quickly, uh, married 44 years to my childhood sweetheart, Robin, two daughters, five grandkids and, uh, 14 businesses behind us. Now, when I think about that, Denise, it kind of makes me tired, but What I wanted to share with the audience today is that I lived the first 20 years, two decades, really in isolation. I didn't have anybody around me. Started our first business at 18 years old. And, you know, it was me. It was like, I didn't have anybody to talk to, didn't have anybody to bounce things off of. And uh, back in the early, early 90s, very early 90s, I met a guy named Dave Ramsey starting a radio show in Nashville. And he invited me to be one of his sponsors and I did and spent the next 21 years sponsoring Dave's show. But the remarkable part about that story is, is that, uh, right after an automobile accident that I had in 2001, Dave invited me to join his mastermind group, which I wasn't even familiar with the concept at the time, Denise, but I reluctantly went, fell in love with it and spent the next dozen years meeting weekly with 10 other really solid entrepreneurs. 13 years ago, I retired and my mentor and good friend and mastermind participant, Dan Miller, 
asked me what I was going to do now. And I said, nothing. And he said, you're too young to do nothing. You're only 50. You need to coach other entrepreneurs. And so I started coaching a few, started doing some podcast interviews and man, I turn around and it seems like just yesterday, uh, now almost 13 years have passed. We have 150 members. We're in five different countries around the world and we're helping men grow in a measure of success and significance like they never thought possible. So little backstory there, Denise, to help people catch up to speed with what we're doing now. And now I'm excited to really be dialing in on our avatar. We know exactly who that is. It's a small business owner or businessman, somebody that's faith forward, family first, that has a sense of momentum in their business that desires accountability. So we're helping those people go to the next level. And you said two things. I'm I'm scribbling. I'm, I'm taking notes. You said two things that really kind of grabbed my attention. One, that you work in the beginning in isolation. Been there, done that. It's not the best way to do I mean, you have to start somewhere. But it is good when you can find people who can, you know, bring, you can, how did you put it? Bounce ideas off of. I didn't have, when I started this podcast, my podcast right now is 16 years old. It turned 16 in the beginning of, of 2024. She's, a, I feel like I ought to have a birthday party or something. I uh, know you should. That's quite I, an accomplishment. Uh, well, and it's just because I was too peak headed to stop, but nobody was there for me to bounce ideas off of. It was a very new thing. I didn't know how to do it. I just did it and hope for the best. And yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a bit peak headed. So I was just going to do it my way anyway. And thank God I did, but I realized some years into it that I was really working in complete isolation and that wasn't fun. Well, the thing is, is we're designed to be in community. We're not designed to be in isolation and quite honestly, isolation is the enemy of excellence. And if we really want to go to the next level, personally, professionally, spiritually, whatever the thing is you're trying to accomplish You've got to get people around you to help encourage your superpowers, point out your blind spots, talk through your kryptonite, uh, really give you a perspective and an insight uh, that you can't have for yourself, right? Blind, it wouldn't be a blind spot if you could see it yourself. And that's the thing that usually catches most people. Now, when you're involved in these mastermind groups, you've got to be willing to subject yourself to that scrutiny. No one can impose that on you unless you're willing and so you have to come and say, Hey, I want to get better. And Denise, the reason I wanted to get better is because I came home one day with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers. And my wife walked up to me and she said, Hey, this is not what I signed up for. Thank you for all the material possessions that you have provided because they're phenomenal, but I feel like a single mom. And that rocked me to the core. I said, man, that is not what I want ultimately. And so I had to reorient my focus really prioritize my priorities and say, how can I build boundaries? How can there be a safeguard in my life with accountability? How can I get around other successful entrepreneurs and figure out how to do it correctly? And so that's what we did. And uh, that's what we get to do each and every day now with these very uh, well-meaning men that are in our community. And a lot of people say, well, you keep saying men. Well, that's where God called me. God called me to reach the man. Nothing against the women. There's plenty of women groups out there. But I really press in, lean into the men, and we really go deep in every area of their life and call them up and call them out and help make them better, more successful dads, husbands, business people, every facet of their life. We deal with the entire man. 
And it's not just teaching you how to, I can teach you how to make money. It's not that hard to make money, but if you do it at the expense of your family, you still go home a loser and we don't want that to happen. And see, I, I remember we talked about this all those years ago and I, I think I questioned, you know, why men, because I wanted to join, I wanted to be in there. And when you explained it, like you did just now, I said, well, that makes sense without strong men, women founder a bit we, you know we the do, funny thing is very Denise, different from each other the women have become our biggest advocate <laughs> they'll email in or call and they'll say hey i don't know what you've done to my man but you keep doing it because he's a rock star now and so right. one of our members uh did an april fool's joke on his wife and said that he quit iron sharpens iron mastermind she said you call big a right now and re-enlist and he just <laughs> laughed he said it's an april fool and she said You've been in for 10 years and you continue to make progress in every area of your life. Uh, I want you to remain in there. And so, yeah, it's not anything against women. It's just that we want to make the men level up. Well, and that makes sense. And women do think and behave very differently from men. We can't be you. You can't be us. We have to learn to get in our lane and be the best. Yeah. And there's plenty of people out there that can help you do that. I think the point is, is that we're trying to focus. We're trying to be better. We've even created some programs, aspirational programs within the mastermind that helps you focus relationally, personally, professionally, spiritually, financially, every area of your life, you're hyper-focused on these aspirational goals. And then we created a digital accountability tool that overlays on top of that program so that the men in your group every single week know that you're completing the task to accomplish the goal. And so there's nowhere to hide, you know, every single week, what we're finding out, Denise is men are having to readjust their goals because they underestimated what they could do with that level of focus. And so it's really exciting to see all these men all over the world growing at such a rapid pace. They're being involved in community. They're being called up. They're being called out. They're being challenged and their life is excelling uh, in ways that they never thought possible. Is that a surprise to a lot of men? Yeah, I think it is initially because most men hide behind a facade. They want other people to think they've got it together. The truth is we're all knuckleheads, right? We're trying to figure it out. Everybody's got a blind spot. Everybody's got kryptonite. Hopefully we've got some superpowers that other guys can compliment and point out and encourage you on. But the truth is, is most guys think, well, if they knew that I was struggling in this area, they would think less of me. And there's nothing further from the truth. What happens is, is when you let that facade down and you say, Hey, I've got it together in these two areas, but these three areas I don't, and I need some help. I need some resources. I need to network a little bit. I need a sense of encouragement. I need to be held accountable. And then it's like a muscle, right? The more we do it, the stronger it gets until it becomes habitual. And then when it does, they have levels of success they didn't know that they could do. And so it's just a community. It's a team effort. It's everybody pulling for you, helping you, giving you a place that's confidential. They, they give you an environment that uh, is conducive to sharing wins. We celebrate wins. And then we encourage you and challenge you to scale your business and build boundaries. And that's the part that's really difficult. Even for me, the first two, 20 years, as I said earlier, two first two decades is I didn't really have any boundaries. And that's why I almost lost my family chasing success 
And then I was doing it uh, at the expense of my family. And I had two beautiful little girls and listen, Denise, and you know, this as well as anybody, I can make more money. I can start more businesses. I've only got one family. I get one go through. It's not a trial run. Like I get one shot with this wife and those kids, you don't get a do over. And so you just need to make sure that you've got boundaries so that you've prioritized your priorities. So you can stay in that lane and so that you can have a really, really successful and significant life. I love that you're talking about boundaries. Do you mind sharing that first 20 years that you mentioned? What were some of the boundaries that you didn't even recognize that you needed to have? Yeah, well, I didn't even know anything about boundaries. I was just like, I redlined everything, you know, it's pedal to the metal, full throttle, 8,000 RPMs. Let's go grit, determination, perseverance. There's no quit in me. There's no stop, you know, and I was like, well, okay, you can do that for a period of time, but you can't do that long-term. And because you're going to burn out, you're going to hit a wall. And I've hit the wall twice. And it's not fun when you hit the wall and you find out that you've really burnt some relationships around you. You've really uh, burnt some capital with your spouse and your children and the relationship piece is not there. And you're like, man, I've got to recover. So now it's having people that I meet with. I thought about this the other day and it's been probably 20 years. Every, every Monday morning, I meet with three other guys we're actually recording this on a Monday. And this morning I met with my accountability group at six 30 for an hour. And they asked very intimate, very personal questions to be sure that I'm on track, got those boundaries in place, make sure I'm exercising, taking care of myself, investing my money properly, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on of the things that we need to accomplish. Now I don't want to go in there and be the loser. It's like, I didn't do it. Or I was mean to Robin or I didn't invest in my kids or I was, uh, you know, a slough laying around on the couch and didn't do my business proper. Like, I don't want to do that. And so I need the accountability to help me stay on track, but you've got to really be specific for you individually. What are your boundaries? You know, what is the time frame that you're willing to work in? And the reason that I was, so encouraged to be able to be on your podcast today is that I want your audience to realize that there's nothing wrong with making money. I like to make money. I don't want to be that guy that's got a little bit and goes, money's not that important. Well, it is important. Like we need it and it's a great tool, but if you're going to do it at the expense of all these things that I've previously mentioned, you're going to be a rich old guy with no relationships and uh, a faltered marriage. And I just don't think that you want to do that because money doesn't scratch the itch. Like you think it's going to anyway, you get a little bit. Now you got more to manage. And if you're proactive rather than reactive and you've got boundaries and you've got accountability and you've got other people helping you, it's a lot easier to stay between the guardrails. So I want to encourage those listeners that are hearing me today. You can't go it alone. Don't try to go alone because you are going to hit the wall. You're going to burn out and you're not going to know what to do next. And Denise, if I could go right into something that I think is vital for all of us, and especially those that are listening today, is that we go oftentimes and we uh, enlist other people to give us advice. And here's how it goes. I went to a coffee shop recently and we wanted to buy a condo down in Florida. My granddaughter goes to college at West Palm Beach. And I went to a buddy of mine that I know, and we're not real close, but we know each other. And I said, Hey, Robin and I are thinking about buying a condo down in West Palm beach or Fort Lauderdale, somewhere down in that area. And what do you think about me doing that? And he said, well, big A you've owned all these businesses. And if you say that's what you want to do, yeah, I think it'd be a good idea. 
And Denise, I'll have to admit to you, I set him up and I did it on purpose. So I'll just come clean with that right now. But I asked him, I said, why do you think that will be a good idea? And he said, well, you're getting a little bit older and you said you wanted it. And Robin wants to be down there. Uh, I think it would be a good idea. I said, well, the truth is you've never met Robin. You don't know my two daughters. You don't know anything about my five grandkids. You don't know anything about my superpowers, my kryptonite, my blind spots. And you sure don't know anything about my finances. And he said, no, I don't. I said, you really can't help me make this decision. Can you? And he goes, big A, I can't see what we do though. Denise is we do what I just described in so many fashions. Every single day, we go to people that have no context and we ask them a question. We implement what their suggestion is and it fails miserably. And we wonder why it may be good advice, but it's not specific in nature to you, right? We've got to have context around helping people. That's why the mastermind is so effective is because these guys know the answers to all those descriptives that I just said. They know exactly what I make. They know about Robin, the kids, the grandkids, my history, the companies I've owned, my blind spots. And then when they give me a suggestion, I implement it and it works. So I want to tell you right now, you've got to have community if you're going to go to that next level. I have to ask you, and that's brilliant that you asked him that. And he was very honest and said, you know, you're right. I, I catch myself wondering, and you probably don't have any any data yet because it just happened, but how he's going to ask himself these questions when he is asked a question. Will, will he have a list that he runs to, through, says, well, I don't know enough. I need to ask questions. Oh, you know, you're right. I don't. I'm wondering how this is going to impact his thought processes. Well, hopefully he's going to get involved in either an accountability group, a peer advisory group, a board of directors, a mastermind group, somebody that has context on a regular basis. See, the other thing is in no disrespect to any other groups, because there's some amazing groups out there, but a lot of these groups meet quarterly, some of them twice a year, some of them monthly. Well, I don't know about you that are listening to this, but a lot of life happens for me in a month. Okay. I'm just saying a lot of things. I don't have the time to catch people up. That's why we meet weekly because you can read your own notes because you have forgotten. Yeah. Well, there's no way that you can even know yourself. What's transpired. Think about the audience that's listening right now. Think about three weeks ago, something that happened in your life that was really critical at the time. You don't even know what it is. Nope. But yet when you go to make a decision about something, that's going to be a filter. That's going to be something that comes up in your memory bank and you're like, oh yeah, I did this, but no one else is going to know that. So they don't know to ask you. And so all I'm saying is, is that if you're going to ask advice from anybody to make a major decision in your life, they have to have context in every regard because we're all different. We've all lived different life experiences. We all have different filters. We all have different things that we're trying to accomplish in our vision and our mission and our values. And if people don't know those things, there is no way they can help you make a good decision. And you have to trust yourself, but to, by trusting yourself, you also have to, and this is difficult for people like me, let other people see you so they can trust you as well. Well, here's the thing. You can trust yourself and I believe that, but there's strength in the counsel of the multitudes. Right. There's safety there in numbers. When you get together with eight or 10 
other well-meaning professionals that don't have a dog in the hunt. They're unbiased. And you say, this is the situation that I'm confronted with. And then when seven or eight of them give you kind of a consensus of, yeah, I think this will be a good path. Your chances of that being successful are far greater than you going it alone because the greatest value in being in a mastermind is the other perspective. We did a construction project recently at my house and where we were connecting a part of the house to another structure that was being added, it wouldn't connect. So we had an architect come and take a look at it. We had a general contractor look and we had a designer look and they said it won't fit. And we could not figure it out. And Denise, I was so angry. I was like, why can't we figure this out? Two weeks later, I was on my back patio and I was sitting there in a chair and I was on a coaching call and I looked up at the same uh, uh, situation from a different perspective and solved it immediately. The problem was we weren't looking at it from the right perspective. That's what these peer advisory groups can do. They can help you. It's like you didn't even know that was a thing. Like you go to the group and you say, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. And they say, have you tried this? Do you have this resource? Do you have this network? And you're like, I didn't even know that person existed. And so when they say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let me introduce you. Let me give you this resource. Try it this way. There's so many technological advances today when we're trying to do things. And you're like, I didn't even know that was a thing to even think about. And now it's change the way I do business. And so all I'm saying is, is that continual education, that personal development, that professional development, that getting in the weeds, hearing the perspectives of different people just really ignites what you're trying to accomplish in your own business. It does. And when you see something from a completely different angle, it's, I don't know about you, but my brain just goes zip and off I go. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason that we need to sit in solitude. We need to sit in different places. We're such creatures of habit. We travel the same roads, you know, we sit in the same seats and we do the same routine and you're not stimulating your brain by doing that. But when you're being challenged weekly with eight or nine other peers challenging your, the way you're doing it and your thoughts and your processes, it really makes you sharp. And so that's why we call it iron sharpens iron. There's some sparks fly occasionally, right? It's because we're trying to make each other better. And if you really want to get a sharp edge, it's got to be the metal against metal. It's got to be the iron sharpening the iron to make you better. And and Aaron, you've talked about, I think it was Dave, Dave Ramsey and, and Dan Miller. You have long been building deep connections with renowned entrepreneurs like the ones that we've mentioned and Ken Abraham. How have these relationships influenced your approach to success and personal mm -hmm development? That's a great question, Denise, but I want to rewind if I could about 30 years, almost 30 years. We go back, those men that you just mentioned weren't the men then that they are today. They are the men today because they invested then in order to accomplish their goals. See, they saw the value and the need to be around and have that camaraderie with other people that were interested in their success. And as a result of it today, very, very successful entrepreneurs. And a lot of people tell me, yeah, I'd love to be in a group with Dan Miller and, you know, Dave Ramsey and Ken Abraham and Jeff Mosley and some of those guys. But I'm like, wait a minute, but they weren't then who they are now. 
and they invested the time. They did the reps. They showed up every single week wanting to do better, wanting to go the extra mile. And so today, consequently, they're uber successful because they put the time in. So with that being said, though, I want to continue to level up. 25 years every week, I've been in a mastermind group. For the past two and a half decades, I've been in a group every week to help hone my skills, give me that new perspective. And I just want to encourage the listeners, you know, it doesn't have to be Iron Sharpens Iron. It doesn't have to be our group, but I really implore you to go today and search out for accountability groups, these peer advisory groups, you know, one-on-one coaching, really spend some effort, energy, and resources getting around other people that can help take you to the next level. Here's the thing. I brought home a uh, C on my report card when I was in the seventh grade and my mom brought me in there and she said, "Uh, what is this? I said, it's a C. And she said, "Uh, what do you think about that? And I said, well, it's average. She said, you know what average means? And I said, yeah, it means average. And she said, it means you're just as close to the bottom as you are the top and you're Mm -hmm. above average. You can do better than that. I don't want to see another C. And see, that's the way I feel about business. I don't want to hit pause. I don't want to coast. I don't want to do any of that. I want to be very deliberate. I want to live intentionally, not reactive. I want to know exactly what it is I want. I want to enlist the people that can help me accomplish it. Because at the end of the day, Denise, I don't want any regrets. I don't want to lay there in bed and think, man, what could I have done different? Could I have really excelled in this area? You don't know till you try, right? I'd rather try it and fail as to never try it. And so I want to encourage the listeners today to think through what is it that you're trying to do? What do you want to accomplish? Start be, Stop being afraid. I mean, really get out there and go, you know what? I may not succeed to the level that I want, but at least I gave it a shot. I tried to accomplish this thing. So I want to encourage you today to really do a deep dive. Think about yourself. Get around the people that can help you accomplish those dreams and goals. Absolutely. And what you just said about, you know, when it's your time and you're laying there in bed, I think, and I've read this several times, I have to paraphrase, but it's not when people are getting ready to go, wherever it is that we go, their final thoughts tend to be the road not taken, the chances they didn't take. It's not, oh, geez, look, I made a whole bunch of money. Oh, it's not any of that. It's the things that they didn't do. Yeah. And I don't want to be guilty of that. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to maximize uh, my time, my efforts, my energy uh, to really enjoy life, to really enjoy some accomplishments, give away money, help encourage other people, motivate them. I don't want to be standing in the shadows wishing that I had done something. I say fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. And so go out there today and really go for it to try to live that very successful and significant life. Exactly. And you said something at the very beginning beginning that I wrote down, and that's avatar. It's difficult. I'm having this problem right now to figure out who who it is that we're talking to, who it is that we want to be of assistance to. How do we how do we lead? Give us some advice, if you would, about locating your avatar, finding out exactly who it is Mm. that you want to speak to and with and from, you know, you want to learn from them. Well, the thing is, I talk to entrepreneurs, I get the privilege of coaching businessmen all over the world. And then 
enlisting business entrepreneurs, businessmen in our mastermind. So I get the privilege of talking to them all the time. And many times I'll talk to them. I say, well, who is your service or your widget for? Oh, it's for everybody. I said, no, you're going to fail miserably. I mean, it's, it's not going to work. You've got to narrow your focus because when it's for everybody, you're an inch deep. And uh, I, I mean, you, you're just not going to cover the the kind of terrain that you want to until you narrow your focus. And so for us, we have about eight different personas within that avatar. And so we have really dialed into knowing exactly who it is that we speak to. So now when I do videos, when I do podcast interviews, when I do blogs, uh, when I go and speak at conferences, I know exactly who it is that I'm talking to and I can channel all my energy and my thoughts to those persons. And so really spend some time today, the audience that's listening, what message are you trying to send and who is it that you're trying to send it to? Because if you're trying to speak to everybody, eventually you're going to speak to nobody. I tell this to people who come to me for a website built. I'm a web developer by trade. And almost instantly I'm having to say, you know, who, who is your audience? Oh, it's for everybody. No. And off we go. It's not. Narrow your focus. Narrow your focus. Who are you really trying to help? And that floors a lot of people. They'll say, oh, I have to think about that. You've got mm. home and I give them homework. They're going to see a lot more success, Denise, once they narrow that focus. And now they're an inch wide and a mile deep. Now, when people hear your promotions, they see your videos, they hear your podcast, they interact with you. They go, that is for me. See, the other way, when you're just speaking generic, I don't know if it's for me. And so I'm probably going to pass. So yeah, narrow your focus, really dial into your avatar and you'll have much more success than just speaking to everyone. Absolutely. You have, you have an amazing story, but I, I want to go back to your early mastermind days. How did you start that? Did you just say, I'm going to talk to people? How did, oh, how that's did so good. I'm going to surprise you and give you an answer that you're not anticipating. So the honest truth, I didn't want to do it. Like oh. I did not want to do it. I didn't want to coach. I didn't want to have the mastermind. I didn't want to do any of that because 13 years ago, when I turned 50, I retired. I was like done. Like I've been working since I was eight years old. I'd owned a company since I was 18 years old, built a number of companies. And then I went into the mastermind group that we've been referring to. And I said, well, I retired. I sold the construction company that we were part owners and I'm finished. And Dan Miller, I'll never forget it. Dan Miller leaned over and looked at me when I said I wasn't going to do anything. I was going to buy a little house down in the Caribbean and rock myself into an oblivion. He said, that's the most selfish thing I've ever heard you say. And I <laughs> laughed and nobody else did. And I know he's right. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, man, you've owned all these companies. You and Robin had a successful marriage and you can encourage other people. You're motivating. He said, you need to start coaching. And so Dave Ramsey invited me to do entree leadership. He said, just be my guest. And I'm like, dude, that's a $10,000 present. He goes, come on, be my guest. And let's see if you'd like doing the coaching thing. So I went to Dan's innovate. I went to Dave Ramsey's, you know, uh, entree leadership mastery program. And Dan texted me on the way home. We all live here in Nashville, not too terribly far from each other. He said, big A, did you see the people leaning in at your table, listening to your stories? And I said, I did. He said, you need to coach. 
He said, I'm just telling you, man, God's given you a gift to be able to encourage these young guys and you need to coach. So a guy named Brett Barnhart in Glenpool, Oklahoma, and a guy named Matt Miller in Stephenville, Texas hired me to be their coach. And then we had a guy up uh, near Rapid City, South Dakota, Chris Johnson. He hired me and I fell in love with coaching these guys. And then John Lee Dumas had me on Entrepreneur on Fire and I had 15 one-on-one clients overnight. And I started laughing. I went to Robin and I said, Robin, I can't coach all these people. What am I going to do with them? I want to help them. I said, I've known how to do masterminds because I've done it for so long. So I'm going to do one mastermind. And she said, okay, go ahead. So I did one mastermind, 10 guys. And so Pat Flynn had me on smart passive income and we filled up two groups in 30 minutes. And I called Robin, my wife, and I said, Robin, I did this interview and we've got enough people to form two more groups. And she started laughing, Denise, and she goes, here we go again. Like, I thought you were retiring. And I said, Robin, what am I supposed to tell these? So Denise, it's just gone from there and one podcast after another. And God just keeps giving us these amazing entrepreneurs and they keep joining the groups. And so we formulated a team that is incredible. And now we have a really cool team that we've learned to scale this. We've got it dialed in. We know exactly how to give them the value that they need to be successful in life. And so we keep adding people, we keep adding groups and we've built a community. Now we have a brotherhood that's all over the world and amazing business entrepreneurs keep joining this. And now we've got a community. These guys are going in partners. They're loaning money. They're buying real estate. Their families are vacationing together. It's just become a community and it is so refreshing. And I'm so glad that I didn't quit. I get emails every single month that say, I'm so glad you didn't retire. I'm so glad that you started this community because it's changed my life. I have to tell you, I'm touching my face because I realized that I was smiling really big Mm. and I keep touching my face because your voice is so passionate and you actually went up an octave or two. When (laughs) I love these guys and I love what they're doing. Right. Yeah. And I'm picking up on that and I'm just smiling happy with you. (laughs) So, Well, I appreciate that. It's unusual to have a community like this. I mean, it's so refreshing to be able to be around quality businessmen that really want to do well in every area of their life. It's just so compelling. Uh, It gives you such a sense of encouragement. It, It allows other people to encourage you when we're tired and we get tired. All of us get tired. And it's just a breath of fresh air to be around these people that can really help you do it right. And that's what we've been able to accomplish. And we're talking, and thank you for sharing that. We're talking a lot about coaching. And listen, right now, there are a couple of industries that are getting overbuilt and in some ways abused. The podcast industry is one of those industries. Back in the day, it was a virtual assistance industry. It just got terribly abused. Now it's the coaching industry from what I'm seeing. People are saying, well, you don't know how to coach. You have to get certified. You have to do blah, 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 blah. You didn't do any of that, did you? I don't have any certifications. I know. And I what I've got is 44 that. years of hard knocks. Exactly. <laughs> that teaches you a lot. 
Exactly. And listen, I, you know, I believe in coaches. I believe in mentors. I believe in reading. I believe in learning from my mentors who are my, my podcast guests. If you want to be certified, absolutely do it. But if you can do what you're doing, Aaron, do that. Denise, I got to tell you a funny story real quick. I know we're getting towards the end of our time. It'll only take no, a moment. I didn't go to college. Uh, and I really had to work through that. It was really difficult for me to work through that because all of my colleagues and peers, you know, had, uh, had degrees. And I was like, and Dan Miller really helped me work through that. And he said, man, he said, you could, you could teach some of those classes he said, but if you want to go back and maybe further your education, why don't you do some adult classes? So I went to Belmont University here in Nashville as an adult. And, you know, I'm in my forties and these kids are in there 18, 19, 20 years old. And, uh, the teachers didn't like me very well. Cause I didn't care about the grade. I wanted to learn. I wanted to get in there. And so took an economics class and the teacher was up teaching at the board. And, um, uh, after they were talking about real estate. And I raised my hand <laughs> and the teacher goes, Mr. Walker, what is it? And I said, that's inaccurate. And all the kids started laughing in the room. And I said, no, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not trying to embarrass the teacher, but what she's teaching is inaccurate. And the teacher said, well, Mr. Walker, would you like to explain? I said, well, sure. You want me to come up there? Or you mean do it from here? And she said, no, just do it from right there, right where you're at. It's fine. And I said, you didn't mention recovering depreciation at the sale of the real estate. And she paused for a minute and she goes, well, theoretically you're right. And I said, no, actually I'm right. I do this every day. And she said, you know what, Mr. Walker, you're right. You do have to recover the depreciation. That is a variable. I said, why aren't you teaching these kids that? She said, it's not in the curriculum. Oh. I went, oh my gosh. I said, that's the reason these kids go and they're having professors teach them things that they've never done. They've never bought a piece of real estate. They've never owned a business and they're trying to teach people. And sure, you can get the fundamentals, but man, if you're listening to this interview and you've got experience, you've been in the ditch and you know how to do it, like go teach other people, be the mentor, be the coach, right? There's nothing stronger than the actual experience of doing it. If you've got a degree, great. If you've got a certification, that's great. But those that have the experience, those that have been there, done that can teach you a lot. So don't let your education or the lack of don't let the lack of certifications keep you from really teaching people. If you're passionate, if you're really caring and you really want to teach people how to do that, man, listen, go out there and do it. You're doing them a disservice. If you don't, I hear this all the time, get your voice heard. If you don't, I say it all the time, get your voice heard because by not getting your voice heard and not sharing what you know and have learned and love you are doing a disservice. You're hoarding gold. Stop it. Yes. And be generous. We want to share. And the more you share, the more you help, the more natural reciprocity comes back to you. And you just keep giving, you keep sharing, you keep helping. And then people will stand in line wanting to help you and encourage you and network with you and give you resources and ideas, man. It's all about giving. It's not about taking. It is. And I wanted to ask you, Aaron, what, what is your view on the difference between consulting and coaching? Yeah, I think consulting, it depends on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. I think the words are used interchangeably a lot. 
Uh, consulting historically has been about one specific niche. There's a need. You can be a consultant, an expert in that field. Coaching also can be looked at that way in regards to we're going to focus on one particular area of your life. And let's throw a third term in there. It's mentor. Uh, and mentoring is like very diverse. It's in many areas of your life. It's walking with that person on a regular basis. Let's not get too caught up in the terminology. What is it that you want to help that person do? They can call it consulting, mentoring, coaching. It doesn't matter as long as you're going to help that person, but really have a good understanding of what it is that they're trying to accomplish. Most of the time, Denise, I find that the people that come to me, the thing they come to me for, it's not even the problem. <laughs> they don't have a firm foundation. They don't really have the perspective built by which they can build a solid business on. And so we've really got to deal with that individual, make sure their mindset is right. Their perspective is good. Make sure that they have the foundational principles in place so that they can build a great business. And what I have found more than anything, we need to work on ourselves first. We need to get healthy. We need to get in a place ourselves. And I don't mean just physical health. I mean, get in a place to where you're not arrogant and prideful, get into a place that there's a sense of humility, that you welcome other people's encouragement and help. And you subject yourself to the scrutiny of other people in a way that you're like, Hey, I'm here to listen. I want to serve you. I want to do well. And when you change and reorient the way you look at things, it's going to allow you to build a really solid practice on top of that. So yeah, we start first with the person. And then we go from there. And that makes perfect sense. I mean, it's a logical, you know, set of events, but it makes sense as humans. Yeah. If you're building something on the shifting sand, you're, you're going to crumble. And so you've got to really be in a good place yourself first and understand how to build a thriving company. Aaron, I lost you still there. I'm here. Did you hear anything I said? I didn't. I didn't. Oh, darn. I'm going to have to cut that part out. What I was asking you is um, short-term masterminds. Do those work? I mean, if you have a specific, uh, maybe a goal in mind for your group, you know, to get them started, get them moving, get them done. Is a short-term mastermind even doable or do you prefer long-term masterminds? Yeah. Again, we get tangled up in the terminology of what we call things, what you're trying to accomplish. You know, you can get together. A lot of people will get together. They call these, you know, a three-day mastermind. I elect not to do that. We do something called the summit and we get together for two and a half days and we really dive deep on one specific topic and help you solve those things. We can do that. But the terminology for me, masterminding, I think of long-term. And I guess right. the reason I do is because I've been doing it for so long. See, it takes a minute to get to know people intimately to the level that I'm describing, where there is no filter, where there is no facade, where you really get in and you're authentic, you're vulnerable, you're transparent. It takes time because you've got to be willing to trust the other participants. And so that doesn't happen quickly. And sometimes it could take months to get in, to feel a sense of comfort to where you can be totally vulnerable, totally transparent, again, with no filters, and you've got to give trust to get trust. And so you've got to be, listen, a lot of people say, I'm not willing to do that. Well, you're going to struggle uh, if you're not willing to do that. And a lot of people say, well, I've done that and I've gotten hurt. 
Well, that's just the nature of being a human being. You're going to get hurt again. But for me, it's a lot worse, right? The side effects of not being in community than the chance of getting hurt. And so, yeah, I've gotten hurt. I've gotten guys to let me down and I've gotten guys to share things that they probably shouldn't have shared. But when you get a group that you can really trust to the level that I'm talking about, it's gold, absolute gold. And so I've been willing to take that risk uh, in order to get back all of the gratification, the networking, the resources. Here's the cool thing. When you know people that intimate, there's exponentially greater opportunity even in networking because you can leverage every connection of every member. So now instead of knowing a thousand people, you know, you, you know, 10,000 people as a result of, and you know, as well as I do, your network really impacts your net worth. And so I'm looking at it from multiple angles, but just one example is that long-term relationships open so many doors because there's a level of trust there. They do. And listen, I'm a highly committed introvert, highly committed. I can only be around people for about 59 and three quarter minutes and I got to go. I have to go home, <laughs> but I like people. I enjoy people, but with that introversion for the longest kind of time came isolation, deliberate isolation. And in my head, I can hear people saying, yeah, but I'm an introvert. I don't want people to get to know me. I can't share. It's scary. It's frightening. But the minute you get out of your own way, and I had to learn this the hard way, you open up so many vistas. Yeah, it just does. I mean, for me, obviously, listening to me, I'm not an introvert, right? <laughs> I'm very, very extroverted. I love relationships. And relationships and conversations energize me. Like I get up really early in the mornings. And a lot of the times I'll go to the lake for two or three hours. It's just down the road from me. And I'll spend two or three hours out on the lake. And at 4.35 o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking, who's up so I can call and have a chat with them? Like I love the relationships. Even on the lake, I'll be out there hanging out and I'll call people and talk to them. I love to be in community. I love relationships. And so everyone is different. So what you do is you learn to manage that within the groups and the people that know you intimately, they know that you're only good for 59 minutes and three quarter seconds or whatever you said. And you're like, okay, go give Denise her space. This is who God made her. It's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with your personality. There's nothing wrong with my personality. Thank God we're different, right? That's what makes things go around. If everybody was like me, it would be terrible. And so I just want to say, embrace that, lean into that, respect that, learn from that of the people that you're around. The diversity in the groups is what makes it so amazing. I talked to Jeff Hoffman at a clinic. Jeff Hoffman was one of the founders of Priceline.com, multi-billionaire. And he said that 10% of everything that he reads every day has nothing to do with anything that he's doing. I'm like, come on, man, you got to help me understand that. He said, the irony of that is, is 90% of the good things that's happened to me financially has come out of that 10%. He said, because there's doors that open that I never knew existed. And so the diversity is so important. And so embrace Denise, those other introverts and those extroverts and the people that are around you. There's so much that they have to offer. And when we start looking at it through that lens, 
we can take bits and pieces and make application to our personal life and we can really live a fulfilled life. Absolutely. And this is why I listen to other people's podcasts. This is why I've, you know, made mine last 16 years because I do get to meet people like you and fascinating people from literally all over the world. I read, I read everything. I'll read the back of a cereal box if that's I do the same. Available. I, love I don't it. eat cereal. I hate right. But there are so many opportunities. You just have to be open to them. And it can be a random thought that you read something on Facebook. It's like, oh, that was cute. That was funny. Wait a second. And now you've got a new idea. Okay, did I lose you again? No, no, no. I'm here. Okay. I'm, I'm here. worried about my mute button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's all right. That's okay. But uh, go ahead and respond if you would. Yeah, no, I think that uh, based on what we're talking about, the summary could be good is that just be a constant student, just always be learning. And you can do that through reading. You can do that through podcast listening. Uh, you can do that through, you know, being on a podcast, right? I learned so much being a guest on podcast. I love to be a guest, but I learned so much. It's just that diversity in regards to, Everything that we do, we can learn. And I kind of want to finish up by saying just a couple of things regarding how we can be uber successful and significant in life. And most people don't do this. And I hope that the listeners today will take heed to this and they really will do this on their own. I call it big A's top 10. And one of the things that I think it's important for us to do is to build kind of our core values and our principles by which we live life. And then you can use that as your filter to make the determination if you want to pursue that or not. And for me, the top 10, I'm going to go through these quickly and I'm going to pause on one of them because I think it's really, really important for everybody, regardless of where you're at in life. My first truth or my first core value is truth before opinion. I'm a believer. I'm a Christ follower. And so everything that I do goes through the lens of my Christian faith. Then your opinion matters to me. The second thing is my commitment to family. I think that it's vital that we have these boundaries that I was referring to earlier to have a level of commitment to our families. And then I have what I've established as unwavering boundaries. There's a set of things, not time today to go over them, and I'm happy to go over those with others that like to reach out. But having these unwavering boundaries, just saying that's not me, that's not who I am as an individual, and I can't go there. Relationships matter most to me. It's my first core value. Every business I've ever owned, everything that I do runs through the lens of relationships mattering most. Make it amazing is something that is our second core value. It may not be amazing to everyone today, but for me, it's as amazing as I know how. No excuses. I don't like excuses. My team knows not to give me excuses. Just own it. Just say, hey, I didn't do it. I'm sorry. I'll do it better next time. Everything is figure outable. I don't know what that is for you. And I don't know the position that you're in right now, but there is a way to solve that problem. May not look exactly like you want it at the end, but I promise you there's a way to feel it, to, to make, to complete uh, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. And then let their story be their story. I told a buddy of mine recently about a deer that my grandson killed in my backyard. And I didn't even get it out of my mouth until he started telling me about a deer that his grandson had killed. What he did 
Denise was to tell me what I was telling him wasn't important. See, we match things and we one up people. We need to pause and not tell everything, you know, and not get off into, yeah, I've been there too. I've done that too. Just say, Hey, how big was the deer? Was he excited? Ask more questions. Is he going to mount it? Is this his first deer that he's killed? Were you there with him? What you've told the audience now is, is I'm interested and it's something that I should really pay attention to. And then relentless consistency, just do it over and over and over. And then finally have a sense of accountability in your life. We all need it. We all need people around us asking us daily. Did you accomplish the things that you said were important? I was counting. Was that 10? <laughs> Did I miss one? You might've missed one. That was 10. Oh, I'll have to go back into the transcript. <laughs> That's okay. Reach out to me. Privileged. If you missed one, I'll give them to you again. Well, I, I will listen. What are, and we've got just a couple more minutes. What inspired you to, pers to pursue this? I mean, there had to have been a moment where you just said, and I think you kind of touched on it, Aaron. Like, yeah, oh, I did. Oh. Yeah. My buddies really encouraged me. They said, what a waste it would be to have all this knowledge and skills and experience in business and in marriage and not be willing to be a mentor and share that with other people. So there's a little bit of sense of guilt involved in that. And then one day, as I said earlier, you know, being a believer, I was thinking, well, maybe I've been given a few talents and it would be a shame to just use those personally for my own gratification, for my own good. And if I could reverse my focus and not think about inward, but look outward and help other people accomplish their goals and dreams. My goal one day is for people to look at me when I'm gone and say that guy made a difference in my life. You know, if I can accomplish that legacy, it will have been successful. Exactly. What are some of the challenges that you faced along the way? Or were there any? It sounds like you just. Oh, no, no, there's always obstacles. You know, there's always challenges. You get tired, quite honestly, you know, being 63 years old, the energy is not there that used to be. And so that's a challenge. That's why I go to the gym and work out all the time. And I want to stay fit and in a position that I can continue to encourage and motivate other people. Uh, the other thing is, is there's upper limit challenges. We all have obstacles, you know, and then we get into comparing, you know, my audience is not as big as that audience. And that, that's a losing proposition. Anytime you get into comparing, we always compare up to, we never compare back. I never look back and say, Hey, I've got a 10 X bigger audience than this person. We always look up and say, you know, my audience is not near this size. And then there's that challenge that we all face, you know, that like there's a glass ceiling, you know, there's these upper limit challenge and I'm not going to be able to push through that. And that's when I really lean into the guys that I'm around and say, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. It, it may not be accurate. Right. But, uh, I feel like there's a ceiling there's a threshold. And then when you push through that, there's just more opportunity and so, yeah, I think we all run across these, the imposter syndrome. There's always other people that know more than me have been more successful in business than me. And it's like, well, who am I, right? I've only owned these companies and these guys have been multi-billionaires or owned a hundred companies, not 12 or 14 companies. And so then you get into that, you know, and am I an imposter? And so it's just that constant mental fatigue that we get into and I've never met anybody that didn't have these same challenges. I'm just willing to admit it. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, big A, I don't deal with that. Well, okay, maybe you don't. But for me, I'd rather be vulnerable and honest and authentic with people because I think our world is starving for authenticity today. 
And I'm around a lot of very successful people that privately in a small group behind the scenes and never admit it to the general populace that they've struggled and have these challenges. And I'm like, Hey, we're doing them a disservice by not sharing that you've gone through these trials as well. They think something's wrong with them. And we all go through these challenges. And so the more we can do that and the more successful you are, the more vulnerable that you should be to encourage other people to accomplish the same thing. And so, yeah, those are the challenges. And I've just been willing to set all that stuff down and my primary focus is to help other people. And if being vulnerable and authentic and transparent can help other people, I'm willing to do it. And thank you for doing that. And I was writing down the term imposter syndrome right when you said it. So thank you for reading my mind. It's a big deal. I mean, I suffer from it. I don't know anybody who doesn't suffer from big or little imposter syndrome every day. I mean, it hits us at the darndest times. We all live with it. We need to get we need to know how to deal with it and get ourselves out there. Aaron, I really appreciate you coming back to the show. Yeah, and, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. And spending time with you has just been amazing. Do you have any last thoughts that you want to share with our audience and how can listeners connect with you? Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for inviting me. It's always a delight to be here. And hopefully we've shared something today that's going to be meaningful and beneficial to your audience when I was a child, my mom had a little saying, it was can't, couldn't do it, but could, did it all. And I've adopted that as my life mantra. Don't let people tell you, you can't do something. You've got to believe that you can do it. And if you believe you can do it in some form or way, you probably will accomplish it. I said earlier in the interview, fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. Really set that aside in your mind and Forget about whether it wouldn't work or not. Go after it, try it so that you can have a really successful and significant life. You know, some of the guys out there that are listening to us today, if it sounds interesting that you would like to be in our community, the easiest thing to do would be to go to viewfromthetop.com. That's spelled with a V like Victor, viewfromthetop.com. There's an application that pops up. It puts you in front of me for 45 minutes. Fill that out. No arm twisting, no high pressure. If you're intended to be in our group, you'll be in our group. I'm not worried about it, but we have a phenomenal community. And then if you get a chance, tune into our podcast. It's also view from the top. So wherever you get your podcast, go there and listen to us. And hopefully we can be meaningful and helpful to you. Aaron, thank you. I have genuinely, genuinely appreciated everything you have shared today. So to our audience, as we conclude today's episode, your feedback means a lot. So if you found the show helpful, please support us with a quick review on iTunes. Your input is vital in my mission to inspire and empower more individuals to be successful. Don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a review, and share your partner in Success Radio with friends. And be sure to go find Aaron Walker on the web and connect with him. Aaron, again, thank you. And thank you for tuning in, everybody. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.